Hey there, party people. Did you know that Encounter Party is now an official Dungeons & Dragons television show? You can find our second campaign on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel, available now on Plex and Freebie. We have new episodes every Tuesday night at 9pm, and the show is available on demand next day on Plex. For links and to learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com. Now, please enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, this episode features very strong language and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party! Separate investigations have pieced together a terrifying timeline. Malthus Reed was assassinated by the will of the Golgari. Furthermore, Deoreth may in fact be a pseudonym for the independent actions of the Undercity. The conspiracy is still on the move, but have the plans changed in time? Find out this week on Encounter Party! It's very late at night, as you guys were in Empty Cup at night, and Tajik is in his office asleep again. Zenia? Like deeper, just. Zen- uh, sir. Zenia brings up Frank directly in front of his face and then uses minor illusion to make the sound of a horn. Ah, oh, 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 boy. Hey, we solved it. Oh, he's like, wait, what? Yeah, huh? Uh, Perix proceeds to take him through the sequence of events that we followed, going to uh, the murder circus, the clue to Empty Cup, the location of Empty Cup, which he relays to Tajik for arresting, the insane Rakdos man we found inside. With Who the, is tied up? With the is it device that Great. we now have in our control. Oh, wow, you did the whole thing. Yep. Senia also shows the contract for Malthus Reed, but does not give it to Tajik. Oh, this is, um, this is a lot. Um, I think I am going to go have a conversation with Tessa about this. Is this in any way related to this whole you know, Ravnica disappears into an empty void sort of thing? Yes, we found three contracts on necromancers in the Undercity who were specifically working for the conspirators. Oh. Okay. That would relate to the latest three murders. We found, Xenia found those That's three contracts. That's true. Xenia did find yes. those three contracts in um, baskets that I put out from fire. And he looks pointedly back at Xenia because now he's in competition. Okay. Um... Let me ask this very specific question. What is it that you would like us in the Boros Legion and perhaps in the Orsov to do in preparation should anything go bad? Honestly, you should be ready to fight. You should be ready to identify signs of corruption. You should be ready to put down anyone with those signs. For now, I think we will wait until you tell us to act. In the meantime, I will file this 
report and you have gotten me out of quite a bit of a jam. Glad to help, sir. <clears throat> I have made an arrangement and let's just say that perhaps it's best if nobody knows you got this for me. And he produces sort of a, a long rectangular metal chit and hands it to you. And you, you know sir. that those things are usually um, sort of ordinance acquisitions from the quartermaster. Sir, thank you, sir. I hope you can truly save us all. We will, sir. I'll take a salute now, soldier. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> thank you very much. Good luck. Perix gives a half-hearted wave, convinced that Tajik is useless. Geez, where would you like to go immediately right now? Oh, maybe the quartermaster. <laughs> hey! I, uh, yeah, if I know this is supposed to go to a quartermaster, I'd like to go to a quartermaster. Because this is going to be awesome. You head to the quartermaster. You head up to the checkout counter at the quartermaster, whatever, the the The, 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 guy. the, right, right, the, the window. Yeah. Right. And you hand him the chit. And he looks at the chit, and he looks up, and he looks at your rank, and he looks up at you again, and wants to know where you got it from. Someone very high up. Well, I hope to hell you know how to use this, Master Sergeant. And he goes in the back. And he lugs forward a pretty big case, about the size of a suitcase. And with a heft, he plops it up on the counter and passes it to you. Thank you, sir. Have a lovely day. Open it. Open it. <laughs> I know, open I was going to open it once we got back to, like, where? Open it open right it. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll open it. You creak open the lid, and immediately bright red light begins to pour out of it. Whatever's inside of it is illuminated. Ooh. As the lid opens completely, like an oven comes out of this case... Oh. And inside, you have been gifted by your good buddy Tajik a Sunforger hammer. What? Perix, Fakara, and Xenia. After a harrowing ordeal of everything you have been through, it feels like your time dealing with these contracts is up. Perhaps the best thing to do at this point is to reconvene with your other companions. It is late at night, very, very late, far past your bedtime, um, after you guys have managed to complete your particular tasks. Did we decide where we were reconvening? Is it the Demir safe house? You did not. <laughs> Should we start there? Perix burns a spell slot to send sending to Lorzach that says, hey, our bad didn't set a return time. Demir safe house, soon as you can. And Lorzach sends a message back saying, we're waiting. <laughs> They're already there. <laughs> Please burn one spell slot yeah. as you guys make your way back down to the Demir safe house. I will need a persuasion check to get yourself past the baker who looks exactly like our sound engineer will. Hey, charisma us. one. <laughs> Dirty 20. Yep. And as we... Uh, go through. Xenia takes the day old goodies so that they have something to eat as well. There you go. 
Routine oven maintenance. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Best way to clean them is to get inside, right, Fakara? Yes. Yes. All right, Demir Safe House. You pop inside. Guess who's waiting? Hi, guys. They look like they've been having a quarrel. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they look like a sour old couple that is regretting this cruise as it did not reignite anything. So do you two want to talk about it or? <laughs> I'll take some of that fried dough, thank you. <laughs> what we found at the library, yes, I think we should all talk about it. All right. We don't want to talk about it. I'm... Not about this. We'll talk about that. What are you us. talking about? I don't oh want to God. talk about you. This is not about us. I don't want to talk about you either. Stop. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we? Parrick's just be like friends? froggy covers Vicara's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so we've accumulated quite an interesting amount of information. Before we go over anything, I have to show you this. <laughs> and what are we looking at? <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> Audio podcast. Uh, she- <laughs> <laughs> um, Fakara pulls out and presents what looks to be a very, very large warhammer, um, but the actual end is is quite hot and looks like it may be molten. It's the Sun Forger. It's a Sun Forger. It's a Sun Forger. <laughs> Whose Sun Forger was this? Well, it's mine now. It doesn't matter whose it was before. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a hammer that is hot. Oh, yeah. Hot hammer. Super hot hammer. Uh, Magically hot. Congratulations, I suppose. Thank you. Tajik says hi. Uh. Oh, yeah. Tajik gave it to me. (laughs) It looks looks like it does a good amount of damage. Saloran uses it to heat up some of the fried dough before he eats it. That's not what? how it's supposed to be used, what, what, a, what a complete abuse of <laughs> insane magical energy. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Stop. <laughs> we don't need to air out our grievances in front of the party. Uh, Parix <laughs> That's like casting some... fireball because a chill came in the window. <laughs> Parix pops some, fri- some fried dough like popcorn and enjoys watching this. Now I gotta clean it. I didn't touch it. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's focus, perhaps. <laughs> The world is about to end. Let's let's move forward. And how exactly did you acquire this hot hammer? Oh, I got it from Tajik. After we investigated a whole bunch of murders, solved them, figured out who the contracts are going to, tied that guy up. Oh, Peric's almost lost an arm. I'm sorry, how many murders? I need you to stop at like several places. Their day was much more interesting than yours. <laughs> we went to a library. Wow. And uh, what happened at that library? We met with a Loxodon scholar named Yustuf Stoutfoot, who uh, is some sort of expert on ancient Devkaran history. He explained what Deorath means. And Deorath is not actually a name, as we were thinking. It is ancient Devkarin. That means retribution. That's not great. That does not sound good. Which leads us to suspect that Deorath may not be one person. But a collective? Very possibly, yes. That's not great. Saloran also pulls out the map fragments and says, 
These are copies of an ancient map. They were made between one year and a year and a half ago. Which fits with the timeline we have for the creation and organization of Malthus Reed's conspiracy. It seems to chart out a portion of the Undercity from thousands of years ago. The locations featured on the maps seemed familiar to him, yet all the same changed. I, for one, believe that this may be beneath what we consider our Undercity today. Down by the oceans? Not far above them, I suppose. We chase down the contracts that Xenia found down in the Undercity and gives Xenia a little wink because she doesn't need to chime in. Thank you. Uh, Not yet, anyways. <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll come back. It'll be there. And uh, we proceeded to go to the Boros where we met with Tajik, who informed us that they have been tracking a series of assassinations, uh, roughly one every two weeks, since the day of the festival where you all seem to have met. Uh they suspected six assassinations plus a practice assassination. The practice assassination was on a young goblin found in the third district. Skix, if you remember. Following that clue, we went to the murder circus you all apparently enjoyed so many weeks ago. Enjoyed is not the word that I would use. Sure. And we met with the grand madam of the circus who... Gave us a clue that we should maybe investigate. Xenia, what was it called? Empty Cup Row. Which is? It is a string of abandoned buildings where Izzets often do experiments that they couldn't get funded by our colleges. So, you know, pretty shady stuff. And inside, we were able to find a uh, Rakdos... Assassin. Puppet maker who uh, uses knives carefully, cleanly, and quickly, uh, and is not entirely all there. Yeah, really, he's been, he's being used. Somebody needs to take him to a doctor or something. Guy's having a rough time. Yeah. On his person, we found an is-it contraption. We don't know what it is. It is currently in Xenia's possession. I got some suspicions. And, uh... All of this came out of going to three assassination spots, a Simic who had had their gills cut off cleanly, an angel who had had their wings cut off cleanly, and a dryad who had had their limbs cut off cleanly. Inside, we found uh, turpentine and wood varnish used to preserve the limbs after they were taken so that, much like with your gentle repose, they could extend the amount of time of viability to be used later. That is our suspicion. And there was a thin steel cable used to bind and restrain all of them, except the Simic, who was paralyzed with fear. The uh, suspicion we have is this is how, from the marionette from using their limbs in these puppets as made by this Rakdos and Empty Cup Row. All in all, a long day, but the most important piece of information that I think we need to be very clear on is that Assassin had a contract for one with the step that was Malthus Reed. Am I to understand that the Harlequin at the murder circus was not responsible for Malthus Reed's death? It was instead this particular Assassin? Correct. It seems like it, yes. And where is this person now? Currently in the custody of the Boros Legion. They discovered that he is quite uninterrogatable. And originally, we had thought that potentially there was a 
Frankensteinian experiment on one creature happening, but if you are talking about potentially a collective, there might be possibilities for more Frankensteinian creatures. And a worry we had, Lorzach, that I will voice out loud, and you know your guild better than mine, but we do know of one place that happens to have a living severed head that might be in search of a body. Going off of what you said, it seems that the figures behind Deorath plotted to assassinate one of their own conspiracy. Correct. Players getting played. Then it may be the Deorath, whatever they may be, is usurping the conspiracy for their own ends. A hostile takeover, one might say. You mentioned an angel, a hybrid, and a dryad. Correct. Yes. One from the earth, one from the sky, and one from the sea. Correct. Those are the three most recent. One with the step, as far as Malthus Reed is concerned, could potentially be pointing to the step as being teleportation or simply meaning a link between two places. We also uh, at least are concerned that the device we found on the assassin uh, is an is-it contraption used for teleportation, which would explain the very instantaneous entry and exit of each one of these assassinations. Because you can't exactly walk up to get to an angel. You need to fly. Or teleport. And then Tajik so kindly gave Fakara a giant molten hammer. Which... <laughs> Also, to be fair, I noticed that I did not get any kind of present. I wasn't going to say anything, but I am also concerned that I received no present. We got nothing, and we did a great job. A great job. High five between the Vidalkin. I'm his favorite. What can I say? Would you like something? Yes. Yes. I'll think about it. In the meantime, Saloran hands them pieces of fried dough. Perex uh, munches. Thank you. So, we have much more information than we did before. What is the plan of action? Questions still outstanding. Neither of us came up with any information as to what this white fuzz could have been. Part of me wonders if it, if it comes from another plane. If it's a fuzz that you, if it's a mold that you don't specifically recognize, Lorzach. I would say it's exotic, but not impossible to exist on Ravnica okay. in some form or another. Could the mold or fuzz or whatever we're calling it, come from beneath the Undercity? Let me see these maps. David hands Andrew some maps. Lorzach <laughs> <Lose, laughs> notices this. <laughs> <laughs> Could this growth also suggest a person? From my observations of you, Lorzach, it's not uncommon for these types of things to grow from someone's body. We were saying that the silica was probably a defensive wound. It would make sense that it was on a person. Right. Examining these maps, does Lorzach recognize any of the things depicted? No. Not even the cathedral? Is that what you think it is? That's what it looks like. Uh, no, you don't recognize any of this stuff. Um, during the time that the Simic have been kind of delving the depths of the Zonnet, um, have they ever come across stuff that would be down by the oceans that would be lower than the Undercity? Well, the oceans, the entirety of, of, in theory, the very, very bottom of the plane of Ravnica. If you want to get sub-technical here, 
the idea is that you know the the physical boundaries of of, an, of a dimension are suspect you know what i mean like i'm not here to to define the physics of ravnica right but what we know is that the merfolk that have recently taken over the simic have existed for millennia in the underground oceans and the underground seas so they're down there their their relevance to any physical uh location is really suspect at sure. best um but the suggestion seems to be well put that there is a lot of terra sub the undercity it would seem to me possible that talking to someone who has spent time down there, even if lower than what we're looking for, might bear fruit. My issue being that I have no idea as to who that could be. If even someone as old and as knowledgeable as Eustace Stoutfoot can't identify where these places are, I don't know how we could ever hope someone like Thrinvash to identify them. I mean, if we don't know where we're going, it's a good place to end up there. Either way... We will need to check in on Thrinvash and Mixil. Which, hypothetically, we have a dead body. We could use that dead body to discover what is happening to the dead bodies. Uh, seems like you get to use your hammer, Fakara. I'm very excited for this prospect. She's been talking about it the whole walk back. Mm -hmm. It's late now. We should, in the morning, journey back to the Undercity and make sure that Mixil's body hasn't been stolen away in the night. Agreed. I concur. Next day, back down to the Undercity. Little bit of a walk. The same empty eeriness persists, except even now the crawl seem to have disappeared, so there is a void within the empty cavity that was the Undercity. By about midday, you, you end up back at the uh, outcamp, of Thrinvash, where you have left the unfortunately deceased body of Mixel, son of Gerard. And Lord Zatch will lead the way back up to Thrinvash's enclave and inquire after Mixel's body. We've kept the body tied up, as you have instructed. There has been no movement, I suspect, thanks to your enchantment. Things have been very quiet down here. We haven't quite summoned the goal to go inspect Penvar at the moment, but I imagine we will do so as soon as we can reconnect with some of the other Divkarin we can find around. Uh, Lorzach will provide them with the details for entry into Penvar using the access tunnel that they used. That's very helpful. And Thrinvash wants to know... Uh, any information you're willing to share with him and what the plan may be moving forward. And Lorzach will answer regarding the nature of the word Deorath, the map fragments they've found, and Lorzach's suspicion that it is something underneath their feet, a foundation upon which the modern-day Undercity has been built. And Thrinvash, even with all of his knowledge... You know, he's like, you know, mortipedes and worms and stuff like that tunnel under the ground all the time. But the idea that there was any sort of like traversable terrain underneath is really sort of, <laughs> it's almost like a, oh, I suppose, why didn't we think of that? The idea is that the, the 
the Golgari and the and the Demir or anyone else who goes subterra would be the people who have gone down, not this idea that over the millennia Ravnica has been built on top of other sort of generations of the city. Um, so he's he's kind of taken aback by the idea that there could be all of this sort of archaeological evidence even farther down than what people have been studying for the last 10,000 years. It's like uh, it's like the idea that ancient Rome had an ancient Rome underneath it. And even someone whose career was in archaeology, like Eustav Stoutfoot, can't identify any of these remains, any of these ruins. There is very little, if not any, history left from before the issuing of the Guild Pact, which was barely over 10,000 years ago, because um, that is when the guilds all kind of solidified and got together. And before then was just sort of an endless era of war, so nobody was probably in power or uh, had any sort of status long enough to to garner a, a, a prolonged chronicling of history. But how much time has existed before the unification of the guilds is is unknown. What Thrinvash is reasoning out with you guys is that if this sort of subterranean ancient undercity exists, there's going to be no written history about it. There's no way any information about this would have survived the signing of the Guild Pact, the Decamillennial War, the imprisonment of the Golgari. None of that stuff could have possibly survived. The only way any information about this could possibly be transmitted to anyone would be if Zvogthir told them, because he's the only one who has been alive since before then. And again, Thrinvash seems to hammer home what is the very, very confusing part about that, and that is who could possibly get inside to talk to him. Someone who can teleport. Hmm. Logistically, the sheer number of corpses that have gone missing, they had to go somewhere. I find it very unlikely that they were raised, and then these massive zombies were able to cover their tracks. I also wonder if the people behind Dayrath found a way to access the subterranean city by the tunneling for the rail line. We've lost all maps. We have lost most of the correspondence concerning the rail line. It seems like there is some sort of cover-up to protect themselves and protect access that may have been discovered. Sound reasoning to me. The corpses had to go somewhere. It makes sense they went further down. We have a corpse. We also have... A teleportation device. Correct. We have a device we think teleports. How quickly can you get it operational? She can't. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that thing does, it is not a part of her school. And I was really not expecting that you were going to take it with you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can't use it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think the next clue we have access to is we have a body that we could find a way to watch that allows us to see where the bodies are going. I think we... Stare at a dead body for a long time? I mean, stare around a dead body for a long time, yeah. You guys want to see a dead body? 
No. Lozach hates the idea of using the guild leader's son as bait. But with their other leads exhausted and the possibility of there being a whole subterranean empire underneath his feet that might lead him closer to the conspirators that threaten Ravnica itself, what's one more body? I really thought, I don't know why, but I thought you were about to go, Lorzatz hates the idea of using the Guildmaster's son as bait, so he fucking murders a Def Corrin <laughs> to get a different dead body. And I was like, oh, fuck. Hey, Thrynvosh, what are you... <laughs> He already did earlier. It's true. <laughs> and Lorzach will ask, whatever happened to the corpse of that spy that Lorzach dispatched at Thrynvash's request? It disappeared, as well as the two Devkari, and I sat about to watch it. And Lorzach, putting these pieces together, comes up with a new hypothesis. It may very well be that these aren't being taken, bodily dragged through the catacombs. They're being teleported away. Yeah. Along with anyone else who might be observing it. This may very well be a one-way trip if we decide to follow through. Honestly, I thought this whole thing was a one-way trip. It's what we've got to do to save Ravnica. You know, Ned, take a point of inspiration. You really have, and we've been very lightly sort of touching on that character point for several seasons now, but yeah, take a point of inspiration. Thank you. So Lauren understands the weight of duty and the expectation of propriety. He kneels next to the corpse of Mixel, draws a piece of incense from his pouch, lights it, and then plants it in front of the body. He whispers a prayer as he casts, Speak with Dead. And the smoke coming from the incense begins to form the shape of what may be Mixel's spiritual form. And he looks to Lorzach and says, I have a limited time to speak with him. What would you like to say? Tell him I'm sorry. We failed him. Soren nods. He may yet avoid his next phase. And we may know where his father is. You have risked much because of your place within the Golgari. There are no apologies that can express our regret in failing you and protecting you. But we may prevent your next phase in the cycle, and we may find your father. And then Saloran takes the edges of his fingers and snuffs out the top of the incense and releases Mixel's spiritual form. All right, so... You guys are interested in finding out where all the bodies are going. Unfortunately yeah. for you, you got one. What's the plan? Do we want to try and use that same room that you killed uh, the Devkarin in so that we have a enclosed space to try and capture it more fully? As long as it doesn't expose Thrynvash and the rest of his people, uh, we can plant that body anywhere. You know, personally... My preference would be in a more open space where I felt further away from this person, whoever it is, but that's just my fear talking. Lorzach thinks the responsible thing is to move this body outside the bounds of the outpost. Uh, like, right outside. All right. So the plan is to... Take the body up. Watch the body. 
a few hundred feet away and watch it. I do need Andrew to release anything preventing it from turning into anything else in order to do so. Uh, so Lord Zatch is going to dismiss the effects of gentle repose. Um, I am going to walk up to Mixel's body and very uh, gingerly and respectfully remove his necklace so we can take it with us. I figure that Gerard would want to have it and also kind of as a sign of, yeah, he's really gone for Gerard. Just a little bit of closure, not just a bunch of strangers telling him that his son is dead. The one with the Celestia sigil on it? Yes. Okay. Uh, then go ahead and add one Selesnia charmed necklace to your inventory slot. So we're placing the body somewhere out in the open, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Where are we going to position ourselves? <laughs> it's like the tower all over again. Lord Zatch takes position behind one of the megalith columns a short distance away and watches the body from this vantage point. Xenia was already hiding and is kind of chuckling to herself because she doesn't know if you all saw her hide. She's got like a madcap trying to pose <laughs> as a mushroom. <laughs> so Lord can't see in the dark. So he's going to ah. stand behind Lorzatch and as soon as Lorzatch as soon as Lorzatch goes, he'll go. Perix is uh, kind of crouched behind a rock a short distance away, keeping an eye on in case he needs to throw a spell or five. You guys sit and wait for a while. Boy, howdy, is this boring. I don't think you've ever been so damn bored in your life. Hours go by until eventually, in what might be considered the next night cycle, the body of Mixel begins to glow slightly in that very familiar green and it begins to rise on its own as if pulled up from its chest cavity and you remember that the corpse of the crawl priestess that you found in Penvar that was emitting the same glow was chained? was bound and tied up whereas now that Mixel seems to have free movement his corpse rises, his eyes glazed in the glowing nothingness, and he begins walking away on his own. Lorzach will follow at a safe distance. Eric's as well. So Lauren's taking his cue off Lorzach. Um, you you can see what's going on here. It's a it's a light. Great. Dark vision is not a restriction here. I'll take up the rear. Sounds good to me. I need some stealth checks, please, as we attempt to follow. Seventeen. Fifteen. Nine. Eighteen. Seven. The majority of you are above ten. You're okay. All right. That's how party stealth works. Okay. You follow the shambling corpse of Mixel as it wanders through the Undercity. In to you, what seems like a random direction, but this corpse seems to know exactly where it's going and perhaps knows the shortest distance to get there. And it travels away from Karosda, away from Zvogthos, the dead bridge, away from 
everything. You follow it through most of the night, or what you can suspect is the night. For hours, you're stealthily following this shambling corpse, realizing that if other corpses have been doing the same, the Golgari really have no reason to head this far out in this particular direction. It is sort of beyond the realm of civilized undercity planning. And after hours of wandering through the dark, Perix, you immediately get this sense of underground water, and you approach the edge of some underground body of water. Underground lake, river, ocean, who knows. And the corpse of Mixel wades into the water and disappears beneath the black as his light slowly stretches out of view. I very quietly consult with my team and I, I say that I'm partially amphibious. Would, be, would it be smart for us to swim and see? The Dalkin could do a quick survey carefully. So you have this dark, murky, black body of water. You have no idea how deep it is or how far it is. Whatever it is, you can't see the shimmer of light that was Mixel's corpse anymore. Xenia, not thinking about how everybody else is not partially amphibious, just keeps going unless someone stops Eric's her. grabs Xenia. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, we can both swim underwater, maybe let's not, though. Etch is sort of frantically watching this light disappear Herrick. in the depths of the water and reaches out behind him, vaguely gesturing towards Perex. Give me a fish. Perex hefts the uh, staff of fish attraction that has yet to be useful and slams it on the ground, summoning a salmon. Is that how you say it? No. <laughs> Lorzach reaches down to pick up this salmon with both hands and cast Speak with Animals <laughs> and gives it very specific directions oh, to follow the path <laughs> of the man walking through the water and report back as to where it goes and what it does. Follow the man walking through the water. Report back. Tell me where he goes and what he does. Uh, this salmon goes super rigid <laughs> inside your hands in, in its best interpretation of a fish salute and just gives you this really sort of commando gung-ho. Yes, sir, will do! <laughs> Already drop me! Go, go, go! And Lorzach casts it into the water. <laughs> and he goes swimming off into the distance and... Uh, Everybody sits around for a hot minute, right? It's like DEFCON 5, waiting for the, waiting for the confirmed kill. <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> sorry, as, as, he can't get out of the water on his own. So after a minute, the fish comes back, and you just see him hop out of the water, relaying as much information as he can before he pulls back in. <laughs> Mission report! Splash! I followed him! Splash! A certain distance, sir! Splash! I lost sight of the target! Splash! He has exited the water, sir! Splash! I cannot... I cannot... 
<laughs> and he's just sort of like floating <laughs> on top of the water. And then Lorzach is sort of quizzically hunched over, listening intently to this fish <laughs> as it flops around in the water, and no one can hear any of the things that it's the trying fish, to the say. The fish sort of like floats up dramatically to the <laughs> to the edge of the lake and just, I'm sorry, sir. I followed as far as I could. Damn these fish fins. I couldn't cut it. Whoever he was, he walked out. There's a, there's a shore on the other side. Tell my, tell my wife I tried. It's getting cold. Lord's Edge splashes water over the fish's gills. You're fine. Stop it. <laughs> How far did he walk and in what direction? Uh, he walked pretty much straight, sir. Two clicks that way. But uh, eventually the water got shallow. He exited on his own. Uh, I was unable to pursue as I am a fish. Admirably done. Dismissed. <laughs> I feel like Xenia and Fakara might be doing like the looking back and forth between the fish and Lorzach, trying to figure out what is going on. Well, he's two kilometers further to the north. We need to learn how to breathe water. And uh, Lorzach is very confident that he knows how to do that for a limited time. Um, Barrett does of- that because he does. As does Xenia. Oh, sick. You know what? So we'd have to go underwater. Yeah. Because I could summon a mount, and it doesn't say that mount can't be an underwater creature. If be awesome. If it swims very fast and you feel like you can hold your breath for... A couple minutes. A couple minutes. All right. I okay. Can we get okay. a ghostly Hold on shark? Now. Hold on. Okay. This is the part of Dungeons and Dragons where the dungeon master goes, fuck all of you. <laughs> now I need to actually okay. Now I need to actually calculate the swimming speed of a water creature large enough to carry Salorin the distance of one mile. <laughs> and how much time it would require him to hold his breath for and then design a mechanic in order to do that. So we're going to take a short break <laughs> as Brian is required to do goddamn fucking physics <laughs> to advance the storyline. What are you summoning? It can only carry you. It's a personal mount. A great white shark. Oh, all right. <clears throat> we'll be right back. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. 
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Okay, and we're back. So, during the break, the DM has sat around and discovered a little bit of mathematics. So, here's how I'm going to reason this working. Average top speed for a shark of that size seems to be determined somewhere between 17.7 and 24.5 miles an hour. I will average that out to 20 miles per hour at a consistent speed in the dark without knowing where it's going to from. So 20 miles an hour would be 20 miles every 60 minutes, which can then be reduced down to two miles every six minutes. Therefore, the distance of one mile would take three minutes for you to hang on to your shark and get to the other side unhindered. However, here's where holding your breath comes into play because holding your breath for three minutes is not an easy feat for humans. Party people at home, try it. After some quick consultation, don't, people at home. <laughs> don't do it. Don't try it. <laughs> After some quick consultation, it appears that drowning mechanics in the game constitute that you will fall unconscious underwater after one plus your con bonus minutes. Given that you need three minutes underwater unhindered in order for your shark. To safely take you to the other side, you would need one plus a bare minimum com bonus of two in order to survive this trip. What is your constitution bonus modifier? Plus two. Fine. <laughs> you make it to the other side. Congratulations, guys. <laughs> Perix just swims. Oh, yeah. Zenny is already... She's hopped in and is swimming. We're just chilling. Happy. Um, Xenia, I need uh, anyone who is swimming. I need strength checks. Oh. Also, Xenia, you have what constitutes as an air tank on your back, which is a giant bubble. <laughs> so she's like struggling <laughs> along. That seems right, though. For a fourteen. Fifteen. All right, you make it. Phew. <laughs> hey, friend. I mean, I, I can stay here and just watch. No, fine. you'll no. come with us. You're going to be a crocodile. What? And Lorzach sort of taps her very quickly on the forehead, and she turns into a giant crocodile, which can conveniently hold its breath for up to 15 minutes. Sluiceway crocodile. They have lifesteal. Yeah. And uh, Lorzach, standing over this gargantuan crocodile that he's made, just sort of Pushes gestures it. vaguely <laughs> at the water and says, I mean, after you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound it makes. And uh, Lorzach, how are you getting across? Uh, Lorzach um, does a quick little squat thrust stretch and uh, makes this disgusting hawking noise as his tongue extends out of his mouth and turns into an eel and the rest of his body sort of slurps after it. Oh. And he leaps into the water. You nice. are so gross. <laughs> That's so sick. So, you guys make it out to the other side of this aqua barrier. 
into a very dark, pitch black area. You have no idea where you are. You can see no evidence of the light that was Mixel. You are in pitch black. For those of you with dark vision, you can see that there is space to traverse. There are tunnels leading out in front of you. However, you get the incredibly uneasy feeling that you are off the map. Let me explain to you how this works. We are going to have some good old-fashioned dungeon diving. Yes. Show hasn't had it yet. We needed it. We are going to do some fun old-fashioned D&D. I will give you guys these pens. You have the entirety of the map in front of you to plot your course. I will simply describe physical features you encounter and options. And you guys must now navigate this long forgotten stretch of terrain beneath Ravnica. Party people at home, feel free to play along. Who feels like they're good at drawing? I can draw. Copy that. Okay, so uh, we're looking at a series of tunnels. There is a single tunnel. Oh, off down the tunnel. Oh, yeah, the the diverting paths is not right out the get-go. That's rather cruel of me. That'll come soon. (laughs) It's like dead in first <laughs> moment. <laughs> nope. There is a there is a tunnel. Then off down the tunnel, I think we go. Absolutely. Uh I'm blind. Same here. Frank is swimming along with us, to be sure. We're not in water anymore, but he can still swim. Oh, right? yeah. He'll, yeah, Frank <laughs> Frank is swimming through the air. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Lord Zatch dismisses the polymorph on Fakara, and you find that you have all your stuff exactly where it's supposed to be. I don't think I like being a crocodile, but thank you. Perix is actually really jealous. Thinks he'd love to be a crocodile. So Lauren sends his celestial great white shark to just guard their point of entry. Uh, down the tunnel we go. Mm-hmm. To grandmother's house we go. You traverse down a long subterranean tunnel Aeons of wear and decay, of just rough surface, rock faces that have never seen the sun, and you are descending determinedly downward. And after about 15 minutes, you encounter your first choice. There's a fork in the road, right or left. Parrax is a southpaw, so he thinks we should go left. We good with going left? Yeah. We're good with going left. Yeah, left is fine. I need a marching order. Uh, Lorzach will be towards the front of the party. Okay. Perix will be closer to the front of the party to try and use dark vision so Frank can be behind him and Lorzach. I'll bring up the rear. Okay. I'll be right in front of Fakara. Okay. Should I just be sandwiched between you guys? Yeah, I yeah, feel that like makes that sense. makes sense. Like okay. right behind Perix. So Lauren will walk between Lorzach and Perix. And if you guys, if you guys want to just line up your minis. At the base there, so I can see what your actual order is. Also, uh, uh, Perix would never admit this out loud, but uh, he's starting to enjoy Solaren's company. Thanks, bud. As you begin crawling through the next tunnel, I need a dexterity saving throw from Solaren. 18. I need a dex save from Xenia. 14. I need a dex save from Fikara. 16. You all manage to shuffle very quickly out of the way as you hear some rumbling from up and some rocks crumble down, almost hitting you. 
You dropped rocks on us, Brian. Actually, I didn't. <laughs> I only tried to drop rocks on you, but you managed to dodge a modicum of damage. This is great, because my aura encompasses everyone. This was the, the plan. Great yeah. idea. Another winding pathway as you continue up and feel a distinct arc to the right, and then you approach another junction to the left or to the right. Lorzach sort of feels like we head to the right. Perix feels like everything you own in a box to the left. <laughs> I mean, Sonia has no idea. She's just going to follow whatever everybody else thinks is a good idea to do. One abstention. I like going left. Left. Left it is. Lorzach is going to get so angry when it's I was going to say, the next time I'm just going to agree with Lorzach, because <laughs> he's like from underground, I feel like that seems the smartest choice. So we head to the left. After a short distance, you encounter a slightly open area. Perception checks, please. Not great. 14. 11. 12. 10. 2. Hmm. Seems empty. Progress forward? Seems um, empty. It Just seems empty. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we continue moving forward, Perix. Yeah. I need a dexterity check, please. An 11. The floor beneath you ain't quite as solid as you were hoping it would be, and a small area crumbles underneath you to which you fall and whack your chin. Oh. For two damage, ah. the people behind you are halted momentarily as Perix falls into a tiny hole. Then Perix kind of like climbs his way back out, coughs a little dust. <laughs> Seems like the area down here is far more dangerous than we were hoping. Continuing forward, yeah, you approach another junction. To the right or to the left. Lorzach feels like we need to go to the right. Xenia seconds Lorzach. I agree to the right. Perix now with a big bruise on his chin goes, nah, the left wasn't great. All right. Right it is. A mere five steps after you decide to go to the right. Lorzach, would you give me a dexterity check, please? Uh, that'll be eight. <laughs> oh. I'll take a strength check, please. Seven. You chose poorly as the ground beneath you gives way and you plummet into the darkness and you guys hear him take a thud. Lorzach, you will take a mere 10 falling damage as you land in a dark hole staring up at your companions leering over you. A hole wide enough that perhaps you guys going this way ain't gonna happen. I'd like to reach down and pull up Lorzach. He's a little bit farther down than arm's reach. Do we still have a rope that we can talk to? You better damn well have a rope <laughs> if you're at my table. Saloran whispers a command word and sends the rope down, but then he also says, not. So that little knots appear, that will give Lorzach advantage on climb checks. Let's get a strength check, my friend. See if we can make it back up. Three. Whoops. Can I Don't you have an advantage now? Oh, advantage, that's true. Seven. <laughs> can I just pull him up? Uh, like if he just holds onto the rope? Well, the problem is whether or not he can uh, he can hang on. 
Um, let's get a constitution saving... Uh, yes, let's get a constitution saving throw from Lorzatch. 20. All right. You guys managed to finally crawl him up without burning any amount of excess energy. But boy, howdy, was that unnecessarily dangerous. Seems like we need to go back and to the left. You guys head back to the left. You enter what seems to be another open area. Can I get a perception check? Uh, 17. Back 20. Nice. 13. 18. 15. You are not alone down here. Oh. So Lauren will use Divine Sense. Until the end of your next turn, you can sense anything that is affected by the Hallow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet that is not behind total cover. You sense nothing of the sort. Another junction to the right or to the left. I know I keep saying it. (laughs) But we're going in a circle, and I feel like we really do need to go right. Xenia concurs. Agreed. As long as you keep going front. We're going right. We're trying to go right. (laughs) Poor Lor's Hatch. Lor's Hatch. I need a dexterity check. Son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, 17. You're fine. Moving on. You enter another rather large chamber. Perception checks. Five. Five. Hey. Sixteen. Twenty-six. Fifteen. Lord your keen sense suggests you are being hunted. And Lord will whisper to the assembled party that something is watching us. As he carefully edges his way towards what he hopes is a path out of this chamber. There is a path I would say to the east of your current position. So is that north? (laughs) The exit out of that room appears to be either due west or due east. Cognizant that there are some creatures that use blood to track their prey, Saloran touches Perix and Lorzaj to heal their minor scuffs and bruises hopefully prevent a means of tracking them. Thanks. Cool move. That's cool. I feel like we go west. Going east for a bit. I also feel like west is the move. You hit another junction to the right or to the left. Let's go to the right. You head to the right and continue due west for a time. Fakara, dexterity check. That's a 19. You hear another rumbling as parts of the ceiling fall onto you, but you manage to shuffle forward just in time and avoid falling rocks. Ah, Perix does not like falling rocks. You enter a large chamber with numerous exits. (sighs) And you hear a skittering. (sighs) A great deal of skittering. Dark visioners can't see anything? At the moment, no. Okay. Frank doesn't illuminate anything? Depends on where you want him to go. Uh, uh, Xenia sends Frank on a lap around the chamber. You get a very queasy feeling 
that uh, you walking around with a torch is basically a beacon for whatever's coming after you. Clips. Well, if I sense it, I snuff it. Bye, Frank. Not like dead snuffing. Like a candle, got it. Yeah. I just like that that's your catchphrase. If I sense it, I snuff it. (laughs) As soon as the light of Frank goes out, roll initiative. On the next Encounter Party, the perilous trail of the ancient Undercity brings unknown horrors in the dark. Can our players navigate these tunnels that have not seen light in over 10,000 years? And what imaginable discovery awaits them at the end? Find out next time on Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. I feel like I haven't brought in any awesome NPCs yet. The fish? This is a fish! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a salmon! I'm the best salmon ever! Whatever, after Join whatever... Join me upstream on the stream and stream the stream! Extreme! Extreme salmon! Got there! Got there! Got there, everybody. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't people anything, but yeah. people watch Brian go through the parts of a joke. This is what happens when you work a con with Brian. Is like at some point that moment will happen and he'll take a lap. He'll walk out of the booth and take a lap. <laughs> well, I was recording that, so Oh great. Yes, yes, yes. Great. Going upstream, extreme, <laughs> extreme salmon. The salmon's name is Extreme. Just, hey, party people, X if this makes sense to any of you. Extreme. Yeah. I, I already wrote it. Yes. I already wrote it. Right. Feels like I know. Will's on board. We already have a locator Just for like Extreme <laughs> Salmon. Extreme Salmon. He runs around just playing DMX songs. <laughs> Just XCOM give it to you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's good. Damn, Swimming son. the X <laughs> I love DMX. Attention party people. This is Fakara Ordrun of the Boros Legion here to remind you to do your duty for the encounter party. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, rate, and review. Check out our Twitter and Instagram Join us on our Facebook group to interact with all of our characters. And for news and updates, check out EncounterParty.com.